This is Zion Hebraic Congregation with me, Luke Tanner. This week's Shabbat message is by myself. It is entitled, Dissembled Hearts from all over the place. We go all over the Bible this week, um, specifically Jeremiah and Ezekiel. But feel free to give it a listen. It is on our website, which is zionhebraiccongregation.com. There you will also find our archived Shabbat messages. And you can also see and subscribe to my dad's weekly blog posts. They are really good. I recommend you do that. Just put your email in the little subscribe box down at the bottom of the homepage. Uh, This week's Uh, This week's post by him is entitled, He Turned Their Heart to Hate. It's really good. I would recommend you read it. And you can also subscribe to our messages on your favorite podcast platform provider, wherever you get those, Apple, Google Play, and so forth. Our theme music, as always, is by my buddy Evan Shaw. You can find him on his website, which is evanshawmusic.com. Also, lastly, I would recommend that you check out some of Brad Scott's most recent teachings. Uh, His website is wildbranchministries.org, or it might just be uh, wildbranch.org, but if you look him up, you'll find him. Specifically, his latest teaching, which is Equipping the Image of the Beast. I think it's very pertinent for all uh, believers to uh, listen to what he has to say there. So, And uh, last but not least, I hope you enjoy. Shabbat Shalom, everybody. Glad everybody's here. Um, this is hopefully going to be a fun message. It's been fun for me. Whether or not it'll be fun for you guys, it'll remain to be seen. Uh, but it's I've enjoyed it a lot. I've been reading through um, Ezekiel. I finished up with... Jeremiah and then Lamentations is pretty short and then I'm like halfway through Ezekiel and man they're just super good super good books and so so we're going to kind of we're going to go through and kind of talk about some of the things that I've seen so we're not going to be necessarily in one chapter primarily well my original intention was to get get to and we'll, we'll try to get to Ezekiel chapter 13 is where I you know was mainly where I wanted to be but we're going to start out, um, well, first we're going to start out in Matthew, then we're going to go to Psalm 78, and then we're going to go to Jeremiah, and then we're going to go to Ezekiel, plus a bunch of other places. So we'll see how far we get. I don't know. It's just, you know how you, I don't know, you go through, you get all this cool stuff, and you're like, yeah. So we'll see what happens. But anyway, let's pray, and then we'll kind of dive into this and uh, cover what I hope to cover. So, Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for this day. I thank you for this Shabbat and time to be together, to be in your word, to read it, and just to uh, dig through the treasure trove that it is and all that you um, have preserved in it for us. And that it is, it is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. It's a, a bubbling spring in the wilderness of this life, and it guides us and leads us and comforts us and strengthens us and 
gives us hope. And I just thank you for that, God. So I ask and pray that as we get into it today, that you would just teach us uh, from your heart to ours. And um, pray all these things in Yeshua's name. Amen. So, so the theme that, I don't, I don't know, I couldn't come up with a title for this. I'll probably have to think of something. Maybe you can think of something, Torin. But the theme that um, I want to kind of cover and that I was seen in Ezekiel and Jeremiah is the word in there is their hearts and how the people reacted or were influenced or acted, what they said, what they did based on the conditions of their heart. And, and it's something I tend to see, I don't, know, I don't know why, but a lot. It's in Psalms and different things. But then as, you, as I kind of got into this a little more and was reading and studying, you, you see the heart, you see the mind, and you see the soul. And I'm not going to dig too deep into the weeds of the Hebrew words and how they're all used and why this one's used that way and that one's another way. I think for the most part, you read your Bible in the English and you can get the, the gist of what God's trying to get across to you pretty well. Plus, because all those words in Hebrew, because Hebrew is such a, uh, I don't want to say basic, but a... Uh, simple, I guess, beautifully simple language. Context often defines how a, a, a word, an individual word is understood. And so that's why spirit is also the same word for wind, for instance. So anyway, so seeing these patterns th- all through here, because it's following these, these books of these prophets, Jeremiah and Ezekiel prophesying to Judah and prophesying to Israel and how they've strayed away from God and his commandments. And it all starts in their hearts and whether or not there was even a heart change to begin with. And so as I kind of contemplated about this and also contemplated about the condition of God's people, and I use that term very broadly, wherever they are, we're all supposed to come out of her, my people, and, 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 and purify ourselves. But whoever and wherever they are, thinking about how we, in a lot of ways, are in the same exact positions as the house of Israel and the house of Judah that these prophets were prophesying unto, as well as the leaders and the prophets and the teachers. And, and it's all happening all over again. And I think as with what's going on right now with all the coronavirus and as we head towards, I believe, preparation for the end times and the tribulation, it's all the more important that we as God's peoples are, are anchored in his word, have a relationship with him, so that we can stand in the day of trial, because it, it's going to get, it, you know, you read Revelation, and it's going to get pretty ugly for those who are going to go through it, because I'm not a dispensationalist. <laughs> if I believe that those who will be caught up with God in the air, if it, when it happens, it's going to be towards the end. So that's my humble opinion there, but that's not what we're going to talk about today. So I want to start off by saying uh, uh, um, what I wrote down here. So I believe our collective, talking about the people of God, our collective behavior in all its manifestations, seen and unseen, families, relationships, the way we spend our time, what we read, what we do, our collective behavior is a direct reflection of the condition of our hearts and spirits. And uh, and so I think, because I think right now, the people of God, we, myself even, have been way too 
without even realizing it, ingrained and intermeshed and interwoven with the world. Because I think it's, it's, always, it's always a good thing. Hasatan is an angel of light. He doesn't come with a pitchfork. He lures us in with the good stuff. And so we have been, as the people of God, brought up in this culture. Uh, we're immersed in the diaspora. We don't know anything else. We're trying to extract ourselves now, but it's so important that we get our input into our lives and hearts and minds through the Word of God. But right now, especially in this day and age, we're not living on a farm growing on food where the next closest news was in town and you might get a newspaper or something. It's getting beamed into our brains every single day. Whether it's in this little glowing screen that you hold in your hand and it's in everybody's pockets, ubiquitous all the time, or it's on our TVs that is in every room of our house all the time, or you're driving down the friggin' highway and it's on a billboard all the time. We are inundated with words from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And so if we are not immersing ourselves in God's word and, and understanding it and, and daily deprogramming and reprogramming, I hate to use friggin' computer terms but but you know that's how ubiquitous this is okay and i've been so convicted lately by unsaved people who see this i read two books which i'd highly recommend one was called the revenge of analog by david Sachs. the other one is called digital minimalism by cal newport i wouldn't I'm not endorsing either of these guys. I'm not condoning either of them. But they see the systemic infection of, of information into our world and into our lives that is literally reprogramming our people. And it's, it's a beautifully sinister plot. And we think it's wonderful. And we think it's wonderful. Anyway, not to go off on that tangent, but we have to, as God's people, constantly reevaluate ourselves, our lives, our walk, where we're getting our information, what we're doing, all of these things. I know I say, say these generalities every week, but I don't know how else to put it. So anyways, I'm not getting anywhere fast, so let's keep going. So, so the collective behavior, our collective behavior is a direct reflection of the condition of our hearts and our spirits. Now, we're going to go up to Matthew 22:37 really quick. You can turn if you want or just listen along. But what I want us to, we're going to talk about, we're going to talk in our, our, our heart, soul, and our mind. Or our, or our heart, our mind, and our spirit. We'll kind of get into one of that. And, and how those three things, which are unseen, but are impacted by words and influence, is what directly, is where our behavior comes from and what we end up doing. And then the fruit we produce, whether it's for life or for death, because the adversary is here to kill and destroy. You know, he, he's not out for your good, okay? All right, so, so Matthew twenty two thirty seven. you all know this really clear, really well. Yeshua said unto him, Thou shalt love thy, thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. If you read it in Mark and Luke, it also adds on strength, which isn't a mistranslation or, oh, well, look at that, yeah, um, contradiction. It's, it's a further 
um, droshing or midroshing or explanation of what that means there. Your heart, that's which the very seed of who and what you are. Your um, heart, or what did I say? Yeah. Heart, soul, your spirit, and then your, in, in your mind. And we're going to get into those a little bit. We're going to go through some passages because it's, woo, it's, so, it's good stuff we're going to get into. So, um, now, I want to go up to uh, Psalm 78. We're going to go through Psalm 78 because it talks about the children of Israel when they came out of Egypt, what was going on in their heart, and what, why it needs to be different than what happened to them because, because we are suppo- we're supposed to pass on the principle of God and His Word to our children so that the next generation can be strong and can flourish. And I believe... You know, it was difficult for me as a child growing up in, in as bad a sheltered a world as you can get, really. And not, 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 not overly sheltered and living in a hamster bubble, but, you know, I grew up in a conservative Christian Baptist home, and my friends were all homeschooled, and we had a homeschool group, and there was no internet. I mean, there was right at the end, but large, I didn't get a cell phone until I was out of the house, um, and there was no smartphones. You know, I did an instant message, if any of you remember what that was. You guys don't even know, until um, college. So all of this was just, it was before, I believe, the inundation of being inundated with words from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Um, and, you know, I know I'll probably, I'm, I'm going to sound like, and I am, dogging the internet and social media and all these different things in communication but when you go back to the Tower of Babel, what, what was part of what created the problem? Everybody could communicate all together. And that tends to be what happens to mankind. Is whenever we can communicate really easily, we head ourselves off a cliff really quickly. And so, yes, has there been good that's come out of it? Sure. But let me ask you this. Could God have brought the restoration another way? Of course he could. Okay? I don't think, I think personally... Anyway, I won't say that. <laughs> All right, let's just get into Psalm 78. Okay. Uh, I don't know how much of this we're going to read. I, I want to hit some, some, some primary pat verses, um, but we're going to read the beginning part. Verse 1, Psalm 78. Give ear, O my people, to my law. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in apparel. I will utter dark sayings of old, which we have heard and known, and our fathers have told us. So that's really important. So these dark sayings of old, parables, they're contextual statements based on knowledge that, that has been passed down. If you come at it from out of context, a la most people reading the Bible, now they have no, no, no clue what they're reading. It's like a lot of people read Shakespeare or anything like that. You have to have context. So our fathers have told us, for we will not hide them from our children. Showing to generation to come the praises of Yehovah and his strength and his wonderful works that he hath done. For he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel that he should command our fathers that they should make them known to their children that the generation to come might know them, even the children which would be born, who should arise and declare them to their children. Why? That they might set their hope in God. And not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments. And might not be as their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, 
pay attention here, a generation that set not their heart aright, whose spirit was not steadfast with God. So we're supposed to listen to the words of God and we're supposed to open our our ears to him and he'll teach us in parables and dark sayings, but those things what the fathers have told us so that we can teach them to our children and pass them down and so that they can have hope, so that we can have hope and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments because in these words are life and apart from those words are death. And we don't want to any longer be like the children, like the fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation that what set not their heart aright and whose spirit was not steadfast with God. So we're supposed to love God with all our heart, soul, and strength, right? So our heart needs to be set aright and our spirit needs to be steadfast in his word. So let's drop down to verse 17. So he, he, he talks about where they go and how God provided for them. Uh, 17, they sinned yet more and more against him by provoking the Most High in the wilderness. 18, and they tempted God in their hearts by asking meat for their lust and spake against God and said, could God furnish a table in the wilderness? So they tempted God in their heart. So there's, there's a problem in the heart, that seat of these people that what? influences how they act, what they say, and what they do. And if there is not the word of God in your heart, you're going to act according to whatever else is in there, which can come from you or anything, and you will act against God. And you'll have no hope, right? So they didn't have any hope because they had faulty hearts, and then they tempted God by asking for meat for their lust. Okay, let's drop down a little bit more. 21, therefore Yehovah heard this and was wroth. So a fire was kindled against Jacob. So punishment comes when we tempt God. And anger also came up against Israel. Why? Because they believed not in God and trusted not in his salvation, which is Yeshua. Though he had commanded clouds from above and opened the doors of heaven, he rained down man upon them, giving them, them corn of heaven. So he gave them all they stuff. But what? 22. They believed not in God. Their heart was not steadfast. They tempted God. That's just crazy to me. So it doesn't matter what you see or what you experience. It matters what, what you believe and what you, you, how you choose to act. Because I don't think it's any different now what's going on, God speaking to his people, God providing his people, and God leading his people. We're just so disconnected from his word and the flow of energy and information from his spirit, which is his word, that we, we just feel disconnected. And then we begin to doubt. We begin to lack hope. That's not supposed to happen. We need to be steadfast in his word so that we can teach, that we can be fed, and that we can have hope. And this hope can be passed to the next generation because it's going to be tough. You know, we're asking a lot of our children to uh, forego sleeping over a friend's house on Friday night or, or, or whatever. You know, we're called to be a peculiar people, as you wrote about in your blog. If you want to know what that means, read it. <laughs> Go to our website. And 
Uh, and there's blessing in that. See, we have to get past the thing, feeling like we're missing out, we're not getting anything. You know, gratification seems good in the moment, but it's poison later on. Okay, let's keep going. Uh, 32, they believe, they, for they all, uh, for all this, they sinned still and believed not for his wondrous works. So, and then he, sl- <laughs> then he slays them. 34, when he slew them, then they sought him and they returned and inquired early after God. And we're going to get into, in, in Ezekiel, God's refining of his people as he calls them out because there's always rebels in the midst. And so God makes them go through, because it talks about, I didn't put it in my notes here, but it talks about he made them hunger and thirst to know what was in their heart, whether they would follow after him. We tend to think, oh, he's leading us out and he's going to rescue us and it's not going to be peaches and cream. It's like, no, he leads you out and then, and then makes you suffer a bit to see if you're really, what's really on the inside. Because we're really good at fooling people on the outside. Especially when you can just coast and you can just kind of blend in with the status quo and, you know, and we all look the same and we all do the same things and we're all collectively nothing together, standing for nothing. And that's about what the body of Messiah is right now. Uh, uh, anyway, okay, keep going. So, um, there was another place I wanted to... Verse. <laughs> well, I know that there's you know, an attempt in their hearts, 37 and 32. 37, yeah, I covered that. 32, they covered that. What was the one you were saying? Oh, verse 33. Yeah, therefore, their days did he consume in vanity and their years in trouble. When he slew them, then they sought him early. So, yeah. That's true. Therefore, their days did he consume in vanity and their years in trouble. Consumed with vanity. Okay, anyway, good. Let's keep going. So, let me get back to my notes. And, uh, okay. So, what I want to talk about now is, again, this condition of the heart and the mind and the soul and how we're supposed to love God with our heart, soul, and strength and our mind. And that is to give us hope so that we can keep his word and so we can be preserved and not be evaporated and punished. So, the heart of man is deceitfully wicked, is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. And who can know it? Okay? So, in, in, um, if you go to Jeremiah, that's in Jeremiah 17, 9. You know, in the, today's day and age, it's really popular in humanism. Oh, I saw a book in the bookstore. It was all about uh, charting a new... Uh, humanistic religion based on the goodness of man. Well, that's a bunch of whole load of nothingness, you know. How do you base anything on anything? You can't. There's no standard. That's why we have to stand on the Word of God and stand on it as perfect and inerrant because it's the only standard of anything in this world. Everything else is subjective. That's why democracy is a lie because if you have three people and there's two that say one thing and the other guy says says another thing, well, then the two people win. That's why, uh, anyway... I'll stop getting off on political things. Okay, Jeremiah 17, verse 9. Well, let's back up. Uh, 7. Blessed is the man that trusts in Yehovah, and whose hope, there's hope again, is 
the, uh, the Yehovah is. For what? He shall be like a tree planted by the waters that spreadeth out her roots by the river and shall not see when he cometh. But her leaf shall be green and it shall not be careful in the year of drought. Neither shall cease from yielding fruit. Nine, the heart is deceitful above all things, desperately wicked. And who can know it? I, Yehovah, search the heart. I try the reins, even to give every man according to ways and according to the fruit of his doings. So the heart of man is deceitfully wicked above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? That's why we need a new heart. And that's something God has to God do. Um, and then just to, to, to kind of reiterate, there we go, reiterate this point. Way back in the beginning when it all was going south in Genesis 6-5, and God saw that the wickedness, uh, wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. So this, uh, so this, this issue and this idea of the heart, the Hebrew word is lev, it's, it's the core of who and what you are. So now let's go to the mind. Uh, this is good. So go to... Uh, this is what kind of got me on all of this. Go to Jeremiah 42, verse 20. So remember, we're talking about Yeshua saying, you shall love Yehovah your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Jeremiah 42, verse 20. 20. Okay, let me give you a little backdrop of this because it's good. So, Jeremiah, he's still in the land. Nebuchadnezzar's come, Babylon's come, they've torn, they've, they've destroyed everything. They've broken down the house, they've taken everything back to, uh, they've broken down the wall of Jerusalem, they've, they've just ransacked Jerusalem. And there's only a, a, a small bit of people left. So they set up a temporary ruler, I forget his name, uh, he ends up getting, in Israel, they set up a temporary ruler guy, he's, he's, a, he's a Hebrew, he's a Jewish guy, he gets killed by one of his right-hand per- people, right? There's some other officers in the, uh, around in the court. The, the murderer, he takes off. One of the prominent guy comes to power, but he's afraid now because he said, you know, what are we going to do? The Babylonians are going to come back. They're going to kill us because, you know, how are we going to explain that the guy they set up in power is now dead, you know? They're going to think that we're revolting, right? So they say, call up Jeremiah Tell them to ask God what we should do. Because they're, they're thinking, ah, should we flee to, down to Egypt? And so, so let's, let's kind of... Um, so, uh, let me, okay, let me, um, let me just keep telling you the story. So they call Jeremiah because they want to go down to Egypt. And Jeremiah says, God says not to go down to Egypt. If you go down to Egypt, he's going he's gonna to send Babylon after you there and it'll consume you until there's nothing left. If you stay in the land, like I'm telling you to, you'll be okay. So they go, so they're talking, so they're talking to Jeremiah. Jeremiah's talking to them, right? So um, let's start in 19, 42, 19. Yehovah has said concerning you, this is Jeremiah talking, O you remnant of Judah, go ye not into Egypt. Know certainly that I have admonished you this day. 
For ye disassembled in your hearts when ye sent me unto Yehovah your God, saying, Pray for us unto Yehovah our God, and according to all that Yehovah our God shall say, so declare unto us, and we will do it. And now I have declared this day to you, but ye have not obeyed the voice of Yehovah your God, nor anything for which he hath sent me unto you. Now therefore know certainly ye shall die by the sword, by famine, by pestilence, in the place whither you go and to sojourn. <laughs> he just drops on him hard. So the drop down, uh, we'll come back to that. Let's drop down a little bit to 43 verse uh, 2. Then spake Azariah and the son of Hoshea and Johanna son of Kerea, all the proud men, saying unto Jeremiah, thou speakest falsely. So they have a, had a spirit of pride. And why? 20, they were disassembled in their hearts. So disassembled in their hearts, what's that mean? It literally means they concealed, it means concealed under false pretenses. So they went to Jeremiah, it's kind of like uh, they went to Jeremiah asking for approval for what they already knew they were going to do. They didn't care what Jeremiah said. They just went into, you know, to give God lip of service, basically. But they were disassembled in their hearts. And that word heart, translated here uh, as heart, it's, it's the idea in the Hebrew word that's often used for mind in other places. But it's that seat of reasoning that comes from what was going on in their hearts. And they... Uh, they were dishonest. They were disassembled in their hearts. Oh, I love that. So beautiful. So now, this idea of the mind, it's, it's the seat of action and decision-making and where and it stems forth. Because when we become believers, as we're going to read other places, we are, we are given a new heart. God transforms us. His, his word, his spirit comes and resides within us. And we are now born from above. We have his seed in us. That's what makes us a child of God, thus part of his family, thus we can return to the garden. Um, but we still have our fleshly carnal mind, and that's where the battle lies. That's why, like, when you read Romans, or if you want to go to Romans 12 too, if you read Romans, Paul talks about the mind all the time. And we're just going to read a really prominent one that you guys all know, 12 2. And be not but Pay attention. What's, what does he say beforehand? Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We, we've memorized this. We quote this. We make bumper stickers out of it. We say, don't be conformed to this world. But nobody has any flipping clue what that means or how to do that or how to live that out. Well, he tells us how to do that and live that out. But the renewing of your mind, how is our mind, our fleshly, wicked, carnal mind that's trained by our hearts that is deceitfully wicked and no man can know it? We have to prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. That means, and, and the will of God is his word for us. That's why the prophets are always calling us back to the word. Go back to his ways. Follow the ancient paths so that you'll be preserved and you can have hope and you can survive and you can make it. That's what the constant plea is. And that's why, that's why I think today we're going through the same exact things as they were going through in the first century with, with why Paul's epistles are so important because he's addressing these issues that we're dealing with the same thing now. You know, people's minds, our minds are corrupted by the influence and the input 
from the words of the adversary instead of being renewed and washed by the water of his word. Why? Because most of us don't spend the time in it. And we, we get more of our life input, whether intentionally. You know, none of us think, well, I don't, I don't sit down and like study Satanist material or I don't like study things from the occult. Or, but, but we don't need to. It's all infused into the culture. And you're not going to get away from it. We need to extract ourselves as much as we can. And you can ask me ways I could recommend that if you want later. But uh, we have to make sure we're combating it with input from the Word of God. And that's why I think, as you see... So way back in the day, when they came with, with Abraham... They didn't have the Word of God written down, right? So how'd they know what the will of God was? Well, it was passed down orally. And I believe they had a lot less foreign influence from, from the adversary. Granted, the culture when people were wicked and God wiped out the earth once when there was no, you know, everybody wouldn't walk around with a Bible. But I believe God's infusion of his Word into the world and all over the world has been for the very reason to, to preserve his people like uh, when they went into the land, he wrote down the words on the tablets of stone. Joshua then wrote them on the rock when they went in. When they, um, the, word, the, the prophets wrote down their words as, as Israel was corrupting. When they got kicked out of the land, the, the apostles wrote what they wrote. Paul wrote what he wrote. And his word has been preserved as people, God's people have been spread throughout everywhere so that we can teach the that generation, we can have hope, and we can produce good fruit. So let's keep going here. Um, we're not going to turn, we won't turn to all of these, but Philippians 2, verse 3. Uh, let's just, because I, I want the context. So if we go long, we go long. Galatians, if I can. Oh, I have the wrong one. Am I in? Oh no, it's it's Philemon, not not Philippians. That's what I want. I'm sorry. Anyway, there we go. Uh, Oh, I don't know. I screwed it up. Where, anyways, it's the, the verse where "Let this mind be in you," which was in Messiah Yeshua. Yeah, is that is it in Philippians? Okay. Okay. Good. Oh, it's five. Is it five? Okay. Verse five. Okay, two verse five. Anyways, yeah, that's what I was looking for. We're supposed to have the whose mind, the mind of Yeshua. What? Did, who did he say he was taught by? Whose words did he speak? I speak the words of my Father. I. I, all things which my father gave me, I have speaking. Uh, I have not held back anything, and we're supposed to have that mind in us, not the mind of, you know, Jesus was love and reinterpretation and whatever we feel like he was saying. His mind was the mind of his father, who is the God of the Old Testament. Okay, we want to phrase it that way. So that mind. Um, oh, and then it, Hebrews eight, because this is important, because he's quoting from. 
the Tanakh, but he's teaching us something from it. So if you go to Hebrews 8, verse 10, but he's teaching us in the way he phrases things So here. So 8, verse 10. For this is the covenant that I will make with them, with the house of Israel after those days, saith Yehovah. I will put my laws into their mind and write them in their hearts, and I will be to them a God, and they shall be to me a people. So he's putting his word into their minds and into their hearts. We will be renewed and transformed. And I believe that is the f- ultimate fulfillment when we have, we're transformed in our hearts, but we also get a new body. And we will then be perfected like Yeshua. Okay, uh, and one more. Uh, sorry, this is a lot, but I just, I can't help myself. First Samuel 2, 35. Again, you don't have to go if you want. So he's talking about Eli. This is when Samuel and Eli was the priest, and he was a bad priest, and he kills his sons. And in 35, he says, I will raise me up a faithful priest that will do according to that which is in my heart, God's heart, and in my mind, and I will build him a sure house, and he shall walk before mine anointed forever. So we're to have the heart and the mind of Yeshua. And so he's going to raise up this priest, Yeshua, who will... will will uh, do according to what's in his heart, God's heart, and God's mind. So we're supposed to love Yehovah, our God, with our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Okay, now, spirit. Now, go to um, Ezekiel 11.5. We're working our way to where we want to get. This one's a little scary. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> 11 verse 5. Okay, we're going to start in 4. Therefore prophesy against them. Prophesy, O son of man. And the Spirit of Yehovah fell upon me and said unto me, Speak. Thus saith Yehovah, Thus have you said, O house of Israel. For I know the things that come into your mind, every one of them. <laughs> so he knows what comes into our mind. And that word there, it's translated mind, but it's, it's the word for ruach, which is spirit, heart, soul, soul mind, and strength. And so, again, the, the words are... The Hebrew, I'm not going to try to go down the rabbit hole of all the Hebrew words and this one. You know, we get hang up on too much friggin' knowledge and we miss the point. You know, this is perfectly illustrating what God's trying to get across to us. He knows you better than we know ourselves. That's why it says we're differently wicked. Who can know it? That's why we're not supposed to be conformed to this world, but we are to be transformed by the renewing of his word and transforming of our minds. We need his mind. Interestingly, um, it's only translated that word spirit. It's translated mind five times in the Old Testament. And one of them is here. Everything. Okay, and then go to 13, Ezekiel 13, 3. Now he's talking about, so, okay, now I want to, uh, do, 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 yeah, well, we got a few more to go through talking to kind of about the idea of the spirit and these false prophets. Son of man, verse 2 of chapter 13, prophesy against the prophets of Israel that prophesy and say thou unto them that prophesy out of their own hearts. Woe unto you. 
So they're prophesying out of their own hearts. It's not according to God's heart. All right, and then one more here, 18, Ezekiel 18, 31. I did. Yeah, 13 verse 3. Woe unto you foolish prophets that follow their own spirit and have seen nothing. And they prophesy out of their own hearts in verse 2. Okay. Uh, Yeah, so their own spirit and their own heart. So it's not coming from God. And uh, let's go back to 1831. Uh, da, 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 let's let's back up to uh, I want to yeah let's uh, let's go to twenty nine let's back up to twenty nine yet saith the house of Israel the way of Jehovah is not equal O house of Israel are not my ways equal are not your ways unequal so. They're saying, oh, it's too hard. It's not fair. We can't do this. It's, it's not equal. You know, you're, you're, you're making it too hard for us. You know, why should we have to suffer by, you know, uh, not being able to do whatever we want on Sabbath? You know, it's not fair. How come we can't do what everybody else is doing? How, can't, how come we can't walk according to the words of Hasatan, right? Uh, uh, yea, hath God said... He knows the day that you eat of it, you'll be like him. God's not being fair with you. You're being held back. Why should you be denied the pleasures of life? Right? So we have flipped it around and say, it's kind of like, don't touch the wood stove, you're going to burn your hand. Why should I be denied the full experience of life? You know, God knows in the day that you eat thereof, dying you will surely die but the devil comes along and says god's doing you wrong he's keeping you back from from everything that you should have it's it's a lie right so sometimes it seems unfair in life and you're not getting everything you want this goes for everyone but there's a song you can't always get what you want. <laughs> Why? Because we have a loving Father who cares for us, who created all things and knows right and wrong and wants what's best. And just like you see people, you see individuals, you see families, and they, they supply themselves with all the instant gratification they want from what they watch, what they read, what they do, how they live, how they spend their money, the choices they make, the things that they say. And then you look at the grand picture of your life and you see a wake of chaos. Because as a nation, we've wholesale rejected the words of God. Okay, I didn't even get to where we're going. 1831. So... Are not my ways, your ways are unequal. Therefore will I judge you, there's verse 30. O house of Israel, everyone according to his ways, saith the Lord Yehovah. Repent, turn yourselves from all your transgressions, so iniquity shall not be your ruin. So we need to repent. He's talking to Israel. He's not talking to the nations, okay? And all those who call themselves by the name of Yeshua, 
are grafted into Israel. So that's on us. 31. Cast away from you all your transgressions, whereby ye have sinned, and make you a new heart and a new spirit. For why will you die, O house of Israel? For I have no pleasure in death of him that dieth, saith Jehovah God, uh, the Lord Jehovah. Wherefore, turn yourselves and live. Make a new heart and a new spirit. That is what Yeshua has and what we're supposed to have. Okay, now, back to Ezekiel 13. So he's talking about these prophets and these teachers and these leaders of Israel and how they have, they have broken down the very foundations and that which God gave his people, which is his word, to protect them from everything on the outside to get them through this life. And they are actively tearing those things down because we're going to talk about, you know, we, we're going to read here what they uh, what they do with the walls and not building up the walls or the hedges, as it says in five. Okay, so verse two, or let's just start in one. We're not going to read all of it, but the word of Yehovah came unto me, saying, Son of man, prophesy against the prophets of Israel that prophesy and say unto them that we already read all this prophesy out of their own hearts, hear ye the word of Yehovah. Thus saith the Lord Yehovah, Woe unto you, foolish prophets that follow their own spirit and have seen nothing. O Israel, thy prophets are like the foxes in the deserts. They're, they're out there preying on things. And it's the same thing today. That's why we have to be incredibly discerning about who we listen to and who we learn from because, again, we can't trust everything that we read and see on the internet. And that's why I think it's so important that the local community be the focal hub of, of our... Because we need other believers. We need other believers and we need community, especially, I believe, when the tribulation really gets rolling and things get tough, we're going to need each other. You know, right now it's really easy to sit at home and to watch your favorite YouTuber, but that guy doesn't give a flying flip about you. You know, he's making YouTube ad money off of you. You know, they are making merchandise, it talks about, of the people of God. Well, they fleece you, and they teach you whatever, and it's, it's a mess. It's a friggin' mess. I believe that our teachers, the teachers of Israel, need to, to be engaged in a local flock where they have accountability to those people, and those people have accountability to them. You know, not hiding behind their computer screen and being part of the, the problem. And so I think we've been sucked into... Uh, a lie. Not that there isn't, again, some good stuff mixed in there, but there's the temptation. But we don't need, I'm holding up my Bible for anyone who might be listening, we don't need that because we already have all the information. And we already have the Spirit of God. And, and it's a lie if, if somebody tells you that you, you can't learn without, oh, teacher somewhere. I'm not saying don't learn and be educated and, you know, add all the caveats you want. But you, you know what I mean. You know what I mean. Okay, so watch out for those prophets. Why? Because they prophesy out of their own hearts and they follow their own spirit and they're foxes. Five, you've not gone up into these prophets, these teachers, 
it's so he talks about how they're not restoring and they're not taking care of the physical aspects of the community of what makes safety and he and he likens it unto the walls and the hedges and that which protects in the day of battle and i don't think there i don't think it's a coincidence that he makes a physical analogy ye talking about these prophets have not gone up into the gaps neither made up the hedge for the house of israel to stand in the battle in the day of yahovah they have seen they have seen vanity and lying divination saying yehovah said and yehovah hath not sent them and they have made others to hope that they would confirm the word have ye not seen a vain vision and have ye not spoken a lying divination whereas ye say yehovah saith and all albeit i have not spoken therefore saith yehovah the lord yehovah because ye have spoken vanity and seen lies therefore behold I am against you, saith the Lord Yahweh, and mine hand shall be upon the prophets that see vanity and that divine lies, and they shall not be in the assembly of the people. Neither shall they be written in the writing of the house of Israel, neither shall they enter into the land of Israel, and ye shall know that I am the Lord Yahweh. Oh, man, not a good thing. If any, if, if, if anybody out there is a teacher or calling themselves a prophet, man, it's a heavy weight. It's a heavy weight. And we have to be as, as, as sheep skeptical, leery, you know, and knowing and trying everything. I didn't, I didn't write it down, but um, oh, I should have. But it talks about, you know, when the Bereans were more noble because they... Uh, What's the quote? They, they search the scriptures. Yeah. So there's a word in there, and it's the same as something to do with the spirit, or it relates to all of this. They had a another. I'll jump to the conclusion. They had a spirit in them. They had a different spirit in them. Why? Because they tried everything against the word of God. That's why they were more noble. Okay. We need to be, and that's why he's. That's why he puts it in there. That's why we have, so, you know, as you read these words and you follow them to your Bible, that's why the Bible is so beautiful, is it's, it's so interconnected and interwoven, it's almost mind-blowing. It's not like our, our linear or our PowerPoint presentations or our block logic where everything is divided up all neatly and nicely. Hebrews don't look at everything like that because in the Hebrew mind, everything's connected. And, and we know in the world, everything's connected. So you can't do, that's why it's such a lie in our culture today that, well, I'm not hurting anybody. I, you know, if it's just me and they're not bothering anybody, who cares? The reality is there is nothing done in secret that will not be made known. Everything you do affects everything. It's all physics because God made everything. Okay, okay let's keep going. 10, because even because they have seduced my people, saying peace when there was no peace, and one built up a wall, and lo, others dabbed it with untempered mortar. So what they're doing is instead of building up the hedges and building up the walls that are supposed to protect the, the house of Israel to stand in the day of battle, they build up a, a, a 
faulty wall with untempered mortar. It won't hold together when the siege comes. And man, can you just see it ripe for today? Say unto them which dab it, verse 11, with untempered mortar, that it shall fall, and there shall be an overflowing shower, and ye, O great hailstones, shall fall, and a stormy wind shall rend it. So let's keep going here. 14. So I will break down the wall that ye have daubed with untempered mortar, and bring it down to the ground, so that the foundation thereof shall be discovered, and it shall fall, and ye shall be consumed in the midst thereof, and ye shall know that I am Jehovah. Thus will I accomplish my wrath upon the wall, and upon them that have daubed it with untempered mortar, and will say unto them, The wall is no more, neither they have daubed it. To wit, the prophets of Israel, which prophets concerning Jerusalem, and which see visions of peaceful horror for her, and there is no peace, saith Jehovah. Likewise, this is, this is a cool part right here, and then we're going to finish, well, almost finish up with that. Likewise, the Son of Man, set thy face against the daughters of thy people, which prophesy out of their own heart, and prophesy against them. And I'm not going to get into what all the details of this mean with the pillows and everything and the handkerchiefs, but what I want us to see is... Uh, Go down to 20. Wherefore, thus saith Lord Yehovah, Behold, I am against your pillows, talking about these daughters that prophesy out of their own hearts, wherewith ye there hunt the souls to make them fly. I will tear them from your arms, and I will let the souls go, even the souls that ye hunt to make fly. These false prophets are hunting for the souls of the people. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength, and they're after the souls of the people with these pillows. And these, I'm not going to get into what all that is, but man, you, it, there's a battle raging. And that's why the teachings of our, of our teachers and the prophets, why we have to know the word of God, we have to be skeptical, and those who teach have to teach the word of God and not friggin' worry about all the crap we're worrying about these days. You know, we're dividing ourselves over the stupidest stuff, you know. <sighs> what, you know, what we sing in our congregation or, you know, even, even what day you choose to celebrate a fe festival day, you know. My personal opinion is, and it's, I hate having to say this because I don't, I don't like being in this position because I'm the leader dude, but... My opinion and my practice was when I was going to other con going to congregations before leading this one, whatever festival days the congregation leader chose to kept, that's what I kept. And I made it a moot issue. If you want to do something else, fine. Or you have a different opinion, fine. And we can even hash it out and, you know, drash over it. Cool. Fine. But don't rend the congregation over it. And, and don't just leave so easily. And people, you, we need to come to Shabbat on Saturday. I don't know how else to put it. It's, it's important. And it makes me, you know, sometimes I wonder, why in the H-E double toothpicks am I doing all this anyway? And nobody freaking comes. But it doesn't matter if anybody comes or not. Because as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And to the best of my ability, we're going to give it a go. And uh, not, not perfectly, not knowing everything. And probably way too arrogant and proud. But, you know, anyways, 
Why? Because the world and, and the system is out to devour us alive. And, and if we don't stand up against it, and if we don't lead our children, and if we don't give them hope, who's gonna? They won't have a chance. And why should they if we're not gonna try? It's like growing up, I'm just, it's a day. Growing up, you know, all the kids were like, well, everybody's, you know, it's all hypocrisy. Well, maybe so. There is a lot of hypocrisy. Most people are pretty hypocritical, and, and including myself, because I, I try to teach one thing, but I always tend to do another thing, like Paul said, because words still bond in the flesh. But we have to be honest about that with our children and with ourselves. Don't, don't think that you're something better than you are. And be honest with yourself, because why? Most of us know deep down inside, if we'll be honest with ourselves, if we have the Spirit of God in this, because He's always convicting us, where our weak points and where our places of problem are and our struggles and are willing, willing to, to, to change and to accept the consequences that come with that, though there's blessing. Uh, God is not unfair, as we just read. Okay. And they're going to shut up here. Gosh. Okay, we're almost done. Okay. 22. Because with lies ye have made the heart of the righteous sad. So that's what happened. They lie and they make the heart of the righteous sad. Whom I have not made sad. And strengthen the hands of the wicked. This is what these evil people do. That he should not return from his wicked way. Why? By promising him life. Joel <clears throat> You know, what do, we, what do we hear from the world every time? You only live once. You only live once. You, you know, you better make the, uh, live your best life. Just do it. Seize the day. That's not what the Bible tells us. All those things make us feel good, but it's all serving self, right? That's why everything's I this and I that. And ah, that. Okay, I'm ranting and raving. I need to just shut up. And... All right, we're going to finish up now with hopefully some positive news. Go to Ezekiel 11, verse 14. Again, the word of Yehovah came unto me, saying, Son of man, thy brethren, even thy brethren, the men of thy kindred, and all the house of Israel, holy, are they whom the inhabitants of Jerusalem have said, Get you far from Yehovah. Unto us is this land given in possession. 16. Therefore say, Thus saith the Lord Yehovah, Although I have cast them far off among the heathen, and although I have scattered them among the countries, yet, I love this, yet will I be to them as a little sanctuary in the countries where they have come. I just love that. So we're never without the presence of God. Even though, as you read previously in previous chapters, the, the image with the wheels and the four faces and the wings and everything that he sees, it slowly, it slowly leaves the presence of God leaves. But he says unto them, Though I scatter you all the countries, I will be a little sanctuary in the countries where they come. Therefore say, Thus saith the Lord Yehovah, I will even gather you from the people and assemble you out of the countries where you have been scattered, and I will give you the land of Israel. Amen. And they shall come thither, and they shall take away all the detestable things thereof and all the abomination thereof from thence. 
19. Here we go. And I will give them one heart, and I will put a new spirit within you, and I'll take the stony heart out of their flesh, and will give them a heart of flesh, that they may walk in my statutes, and keep mine ordinances, and do them, and they shall be my people, and I will be their God. Can't wait. But as for them, but, there's always a but, but as for them whose heart walketh after the heart of their detestable things and their abomination, I will recompense their way upon their own heads, saith the Lord Yehovah. He talks in another place that he will gather the people into, gather the people into the wilderness and he will purge their rebels from their midst. So, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength. And let this mind be in you, which was in Messiah, Yeshua. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for this word. Uh, It's just been awesome for me. And hopefully it came across with some coherence. Just work on us and our hearts and our lives to turn us back to your ways that we would have hope and we would have life and we would have confidence and strength and not fear, but we'd be strengthened in you and that you would uh, just... Just work on us and our hearts and our minds uh, in, our, in our own individual areas of weakness that we would work on them, start to be honest, start to extract ourselves from the world, God. And uh, ah, I just thank you for this Shabbat. In Yeshua's name, amen. Mm-hmm.